Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name's Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today honed his singular voice in the church choir. In fact, he briefly trained to be a preacher before his calling led him elsewhere. Many of those who've heard his songs or seen him perform would agree that there's still a touch of the fire and brimstone in his singing, and also a touch of the divine. His soulful spirit has made him a favorite of musical giants. The Rolling Stones invited his band to open for them. Elton John has shared a stage with them, and Stephen Colbert tapped in to sing on the premiere episode of his Late Show. Though his music bears traces of his gospel upbringing, his latest record, The Alien Coast, is a massive creative leap forward, infusing hip-hop beats, samples, and synths, along with the band's trademark horns and fluid funk. Its lyrical inspirations are equally diverse, pulling in imagery from dystopian sci-fi, Greek mythology, 17th century Italian sculpture, and colonial history books. This bewitching brew is out now, and it needs to be heard to be believed. From the mighty St. Paul and the Broken Bones, I'm so happy to welcome St. Paul himself, Paul Janeway. So much I want to talk to you about. I want to start with your new record, The Alien Coast. It's been called an ambitious musical fever dream, which is perhaps the most awesome description of an album I've ever heard. How did this start for you? How did it come together? Well, I mean, it kind of... Man, it started in uh, 2019. Um, that far back. Yeah, so it really was a record that um, it started. It started, I think, really January 2019, and we we knew 
we were, you know, doing demoing and doing the thing. We knew like, uh oh, this is going to be a little bit different. And so as we kind of went through the process, I think we finished up the record by March of 2020, basically right before <laughs> all hell broke loose. It's like um, perfect timing, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was great timing, perfect timing. Um, but uh, and yeah, it you know over time we kind of knew where the demos were going, and it was like okay, this is a little, this is different, and um, I was the the kind of concept and all I was kind of working through myself and. And this kind of, for some reason, it seemed appropriate to like think of it as like a fever dream or a nightmare or however you want to view, you know, with some kind of surrealist touches and things like that. And then basically the last two songs are me kind of waking up going, oh, I'm just, you know, lonely and, 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 and sad. So um, it, it's a concept that it took a little time to kind of finesse and, and get there and but we finally got there, um, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, I mean, the the you, you mentioned the last two tracks. I mean, the album closes with "Love Letter from Red Roof Inn," which you said is kind of like the key to the whole record. It kind of like, oh, I see. I have all these, you know, the, all the pri- so many of the prior tracks are just take influence from an incredible range of influences from like Greek mythology and dystopian sci-fi stuff, and you know, 17th century Italian sculpture. And then all of a sudden, you're you, you go from you know, 17th century Italian sculpture to a red roof in, all of a sudden you think, oh, what you just said about it kind of being this concept that lands you right back at this very specific place. Right. Uh, Talk a little bit more about that, that final track. It really does kind of like ground the album and then uh, it's it's a great, almost like a twist ending. Yeah, in a way it is. Uh, I think what I really liked about it, you know, because what was interesting is that we had folks in our camp that were like, hey, you should play that. That song should be earlier in the album album and i kept saying well it doesn't the album doesn't make sense to me if i did that you know it would it would it you know i get that it's you know maybe a little closer to something we would do but i was just like it just doesn't make any sense to me uh from from kind of the story of the record and so i kind of that song was written in much like a place i am right now in a hotel room on a hotel uh you know, notepad and I was just missing, missing home, you know, missing, and, you know, and like, I, I love that song because it, 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 the, the chorus is kind of a cliche and I referenced that in the song. Like, I'm not as smart as you think I am. So let me just say another, you know, let me just tell you another cliche. And I thought I always liked that. I like that. Uh, I, I like that song for that reason a lot. I mean, how did some of the more sort of surreal visions take shape for you? I mean, I know there's, um, you know, there's the one song that's inspired by the painting, uh, St. Michael Triumphs Over the Devil. Uh, how does that take shape for you? Do you have the music and then it reminds you of this kind of really terrifying painting? Or do you see, have you, did you see a picture of the painting and kind of think, oh my God, that, that sense of fear that it fills me with really stuck with me. I want to write a song about that. I saw the painting when I was in London and it, um, that's kind of what I do. I like either frequent an art museum or a record store. And that's basically what I do when I'm on the road. Um, but I remember seeing the painting and the, the devil in it is, is horrifying. It's a horrifying demon, you know, like this crazy with like red eyes and sharp teeth and, you know, it's kind of metallic looking like a, like some sort of like, 
you know, industrial revolution kind of machinery that was yeah. made. Um, and I, that was always kind of a nightmare kind of character. And so when I was writing the record, um, you know, I had a night in, um, I had a, an emergency abidectomy and I had a night like with a, with a morphine drip and, uh, it was kind of a crazy kind of night. <laughs> and I yeah. think about, yeah, I think about that. Um, before I, we wrote this record, I kind of had that experience and I was like, Oh, it's kind of this fever dream. And my wife was actually in, um, she was actually in Ireland for work. And so I had nobody kind of there. Um, eventually my, 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 mom had gone so it was a weird night you know you're like on morphine and so it's kind of this nightmare and you're like you're not sure where you're at and, um so i that character always kind of popped his popped his face in at times wow i mean that's geez that's absolutely that that okay that that's some real life horror to go with the uh <laughs> the artistic horror good lord I mean, you mentioned your wife she's a, a professor and I, I believe is a master's in, in literature i mean does she uh as I said earlier, I mean, there's so many, just a, such an incredible array of influences on this record. Did any of those come through her? I mean, through, um, you know, books she might've turned you on to or stuff like that. Um, it definitely like she, you know, um, let's spend a, like a, like three weeks in Rome and, and Florence. And, um, and I would obviously go see those painting, you know, go see like the Caravaggio's and the Bernini's and, and uh, all this amazing, you know, art, sculpture and architecture and so on so definitely that i um it's at times i i'm scared to show her stuff because she is uh you know a lot smarter than i am so i get you know i'm like oh god and she's relentless like she will tell me um so we kind of have an agreement you know uh <laughs> that but I would say not on this particular thing. Like she definitely, we definitely were in the same places though, you know, like we saw the same thing and, and it reached me in that way, I guess. I mean, it's definitely, this record seems to have a, a much broader palette of sounds and musical influences. I mean, there's synths and hip hop beats and samples in addition to kind of more of the, the gospel background stuff. What led you to branch out like this? Was that the goal all along or was was it sort of having, you know, just sort of, because I know you recorded uh, near your home in, uh, in Birmingham. Was it easier to just sort of keep going back to the studio and playing around and experimenting or uh, a little bit of both? I think we had time, you know, I think we had time and we, when I, we started getting... So we basically have like a Dropbox that we, it's like a band Dropbox that just has demos, in it, right? And we just put demo after demo after demo in there. And I knew when I started hearing the demos that I was like, okay, this is going in a different direction. This is, go, this is going to be a little different. So I knew, I was like, we need time in the studio to work this, to flesh this out so that it is not too metallic sounding, that it has some organic feel to it. Because the demos were very like electronic, very, you know, electronic. And we even used parts of the demo in the songs, um, and in the song's final, final version. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. I mean, is that like sort of the, the, uh, the bedrock of it and then kind of embroidering some it more them, as? Yeah. Some of them, it sure is. Some of them we rebuilt from the ground up. And then some of them we were like, man, that, that was a really good sound. So we need to kind of, 
we can't we can't reproduce it. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens sometimes. You make a sound and you're like, there's no reproducing it. You ca- captured that particular thing in that moment. So um, that's what. So we had to put it in the final track. And you mentioned having the the band Dropbox. I mean, did you do a lot of stuff in the room together too? I mean, I'm thinking of something like Minotaur, which just feels like it has something that just it it does feel so like you're bouncing off each other in a room together. You would think, but no, that is not the case. Wow, I know, no, um, we we that one was a mutilation of a demo, uh, <laughs> is what that was. That was one that our guitar player put the demo in, and then. Jesse, the bass player, was like, hey, I think I'm going to mess with this. And so it definitely uh, uh, was a uh, a remix, I guess. And so we were like, but we just liked the way the feel. And then once you get in the room and you play it, like, you feel, you know, there there was a feel there. And the band, I think, really captured it, which was great. Um, but only, there's only a couple of songs that were like sat, you know, like, uh, Bermejo and the Devil was definitely a song that was created at a sound check. Um, it was one little like little phrase, and it was like, okay, that's right. That's the right thing to do. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Red Roof, I think, was as well. But yeah, it was a it was an interesting process for sure. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I 
think I read that the uh, the first album you ever bought was uh, Otis Sings the Blues, which is just so much just infinitely cooler than like pretty much any first album I ever bought story that I've ever heard. <laughs> Who are some people that that made you passionate about about music growing up? Um, talk about artists or 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 people in my life. Oh, either. Um, I mean. Artists, I mean, obviously, you did have someone like Otis Redding. Or the, there was a, a 70s group called the Stylistics that yeah. I really, uh, you know, I really loved. Um, Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, all those folks. But, um, you know, at the same time, like my mom, you know, played piano and, and, and she played piano. I mean, she plays piano now. And, um, you know, singing in church and things like that, definitely. I don't, it's weird. Like, I don't know if, I was necessarily passionate about it. I just really, really, really liked it. And then as I got older, you know, into my later teens, then I got passionate about it. Then I really started kind of trying to devour everything I wanted to. Was there a tipping point for you or, or was it just realizing that you had this fantastic instrument that, that was your own that really is, is, is so unique and special and, and um, made you want to develop it more? I don't know if I've arrived quite there where I feel like it's a fantastic thing, but I, it's, I can typically do all right in most situations. Um, I don't know. I don't definitely don't feel like I've arrived or anything, but there was a moment when I did some open mic nights in Birmingham and I was doing original songs and it was getting a reaction. So I was like, okay, well that's, that feels good. Right. You know? And so, and then someone told me like, look, you're not a great guitar player, which I'm not a great guitar player. I can I can get round and round one, but they were like, you're, you know, you're a pretty decent singer. You should really pursue this. And I had a few friends that were really encouraging. And I was like, okay, you know, like, and so I gave it a shot, you know, and, and I met Jesse, who's the bass player in this band. And he he was the kind of guy that had been in several different bands and try, you know what I mean? Like he that, his dream was to be a musician. That's all he ever wanted to be. And for me, I was just kind of like, I just want friends and people to hang out with. And hopefully, you know, they won't kick me out of the band because I sound <laughs> bad, right? And so that relationship really blossomed. And that was, if it weren't for Jesse, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And this is a question that's going to give away the fact that I've, I've never written a song in my life. Um, I'm always curious when I speak to people who are, are blessed with the ability to write music kind of what compels them to do so is it a desire to connect with other people or is it to get something out of yourself and if you were on a desert island you'd be writing just as much because you just need to get this out of you or is it a combination of both i think it's a combination of both i think yeah. it's a combination of both i think for me there are times where you feel like you just have to get it out there's some sort of creative input or output that you need to do you really need to need to to do and you have, to, it is kind of like a therapeutic thing too, you know, like um, for me, there is a therapy element to it for sure. Um, and I think just trying to figure that out and go through that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it is about connecting with people. And I mean, I, I have learned that you don't, you can't be trying to write songs to please people. Hmm. Get you, at first you have to please yourself. Because what ends up happening is if, you tr if you're trying to please people, you could write a song that you don't like, but that people do, and you end up hating, you know, you end up hating playing that song. So 
the hope is, is that you write a song that you like and that God willing, someone else is going to like it. Cause of course you want that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think there are certain, there are certain things, I, certain songs or albums I would have written, whether I was, a, you know, if I was, if I was, you know, a mailman or, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Like there are, there are albums like that. And then there are ones that's like, how creative can we get and how creative, how far can we go and stretch, stretch the limits of what we do and, and God willing connect with people. I know that connecting with people in the last two years has been kind of a challenge. Uh, has there been a silver lining at all of this this kind of uh, enforced home period for you? For me, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, my my wife and I, or you know, she had the child. Um, I just cheerleaded. Um, <laughs> you know, she had. We had our first child in September of twenty twenty. Oh, and congratulations! Yeah, so uh, thank you. And it was uh, this beautiful thing obviously. And I got to, I got to, you know, if I'd have been touring, I would not have been able to be there for that. It was weird going through that through COVID. Um, it made for a very unique experience. Um, it's like when I see people complaining about wearing a mask and I saw my wife in labor pushing for four hours with a mask on, I'm like, shut up. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure that's, and so, uh, so, but that, that really did. And I've, I've gotten to be able to be there with Marigold and, and my wife. And, and, um, that has been a beautiful thing. Um, that's, that, that is definitely the biggest silver lining you could have. I feel like. Oh, absolutely. I, I know you had your, your grandfather's voice on your last album. Uh, would you ever, uh, include Marigold's voice on, uh, upcoming, uh, songs I mean, to kind of keep knows, that, right? that continuum going? Who knows? I mean, right. That, it, it was not, a. It was one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, but who knows? But uh, it is, it is, it definitely, you definitely can draw some inspiration for it from it. There's no two ways about that. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, does that, has that b- becoming a father cropped up in, uh, in your music at all in your, in some of the more new songs? Not yet. You're writing? Not yet. I mean, you know, because this record was written before she was, she, I, I mean, this record was written, it was pretty much written before I knew she was, she was going to be a thing. And, uh, and so it definitely, definitely can, you know, inspire, inspires you and, and, uh, and so on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know, uh, it sounds like the record was was done right when lockdown and everything started. But um, has uh, the last year and a half been a musically productive time for you? Have you been writing a lot just sort of while you've been kind of at home? Or 100%. I mean, I, this has been um, a very fruitful... I know some artists had a really hard time with it. And I get it. Like, you do kind of have to live life to, to oh, write yeah. music. And when you can't live life, it's hard to write music. Um, I'm very fortunate because I'm surrounded by a lot of really creative people. And so if maybe I'm not feeling something, there's someone else who's pushing, either pushing me or pushing, you know, I like to be busy. Right. And, um, and so it was, it was difficult though, because I did hit a wall where I was like, okay, what am I, what am I going to write about now? Like what's, what's inspiring me? What's moving me? And, and it's, it just, there wasn't much going on. So you did, you do hit a wall. I think I definitely hit a wall. You, there's only so many TV shows you can watch and, you know, it's like a uh, book yeah. you can read. I did think I was going to read a lot more and I did not read as much as I thought. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to read so much there. And I, I, you're you not know, alone there. I feel like know, a lot of people no. are saying that. Yeah. And I'm usually pretty good. You know, I go in my, I'm very cyclical in my reading habits. I'll be like ferocious. And then I'll be like, I'll struggle with, you know, one book or something, you know, as a month or something. So it's a, uh, it's a weird thing, but I definitely thought I was going to read way more during quarantine than I did. Well, you are extremely high on the list of people that I am dying to know what you've been listening to recently. Cause I, I watched the great video of you. I forget who it was with, but it was you, uh, I think it was called on the record, uh, going to a record store and, uh, watching you pick out your, uh, you know, something to buy at a, a vinyl store. I forget where it was, but I'd love to know what, uh, what you've been listening to recently. Uh, oh man. What have I been listening to recently? Um, besides myself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I was trying to think, what have I been listening to? I mean, I have to look at it. I, I've been listening to so much stuff that like, it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Um, I've listened to, I, I actually recently got, got more, I like, I love the Neville brothers. So I started listening to like yellow moon, things like that. Um, there's this great record um, by Ernest Hood. Uh, it's called Neighborhoods, and it's basically this recording. And this, is, I guess, it's from the seventies. And it's this recording of him, like recording like things in his neighborhood, and it's kind of like, um, kind of minimalist kind of music accompanying like these sounds of children playing in the neighborhood, Whoa. things like that. It's really interesting, really cool. Um, I like that. I, that one's I've been really into. So um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, I got Ernest Hood, you said? Ernest Hood. 
Oh, I got to check that out. I, I'm embarrassed to even ask you if you've heard this, because of course you have. But I've been playing um, Like a Ship, uh, Pastor T.L. Barrett lately. Oh, oh there, yeah. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, that's a great one. Oh, so much. That's so good. And I, I, I know there's a new one out lately. I actually haven't heard it yet, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, I, I, that's that's some good stuff for sure. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, it's been funny, too. I feel like a lot of people I know, myself included, during... Uh, you know, this sort of unsettled time to put up mildly have been turning back into listening to stuff that I haven't listened to since high school, just way throw like musical comfort food in a way. I don't know right. if, if you've been feeling that way. Yeah, I, you're right. There is a little bit of that. Like there is a little bit of, of uh, going back a little bit and finding what comforts you. Um, I, it's weird. Like, I can always listen to like great gospel music because, you know, I, you know, grew up around it and um, like anything about a storm or anything like that. I'm always a sucker for whether it's, it's well with my soul. I've been in the storm too long. Like anything like that always gets me. I, for people who maybe don't know as much about gospel as, as they would like to, and I, I probably would count myself in that category too. Who are some great people to start with to go check out that are, I know a lot of it live is probably a crucial component of it, but people that are on on record at least on record. I mean, you have, there's a lot of like, um, uh, James, James Cleveland is, is old school record guy. Um, there is golly. That's just such a, it's such a loaded question. Sorry. Um, I know it's unfair uh, to spring that on you. Um, like, uh, uh, there's, to me, like Clay Evans, there's room at the cross for you is a great one. Um, you know, there's actually been a lot of great uh, compilations. Oh, um, that like I know, um, Light in the Attic, I think, had a really great compilation. Uh, Numero Groups had a really great um, compilation. Um, yeah, so there's there's some there's some great there's some great like there's some like gospel funk things too that are flowing out. And there's also um a great one of my like there was a gospel label in um Nashville called Nashboro Records. And a lot of those records are really 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 good. Um I would definitely check those out. Oh man, thank you. I I definitely will be doing that and hopefully people <laughs> listening will too. Oh man, I you know, I, I mean Hopefully the last year and a half has given you time to, you know, reflect on what an amazing, you know, musical journey you've been on with so many incredible moments. I mean, I imagine touring with the Stones, being on stage with Elton John. I mean, I think you were, if I recall correctly, the first musical guest on on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Is there anything in particular that really stands out for you as just like a really special moment that that you really treasure above uh, above all else? Hmm. Um... I mean, those are all pretty amazing, right? Um, I do think 2020 definitely in this whole, the whole pandemic has definitely made you a little more reflective and how fortunate you actually are. You know, when you're in it and people don't know this, when you're touring as much as you are, like it's hard to, it's hard to stop and smell the roses, you know, like you're, you're going, you're hustling, whether it's interviews, whether it's recording music or whatever it might be, you're, you're going. And so, um, it's a, uh, it's a complicated thing. Um, 
But uh, for me, that first time that we uh, ever um, sold out a Bottle Tree Cafe in Birmingham, Alabama, that was the goal. That's what we wanted to do. That's the moment to me that like, I'll always remember and never will forget. Everything else was gravy. That was everything the, uh, else was gravy. Was I know that yeah. was the goal. When it when that was the goal, <laughs> it really was. That was the goal. Like that was the goal. And then when that happened, it was like, okay, now what? And so obviously, you never imagine that you're gonna, you know, play play. You know, open for the Stones or with Elton or, you know, for me, like I work security at Bonnaroo, and so. That one was a really big deal because I just never thought in a thousand years I would play on a stage where I did security. Um, that one was amazing. Things like that, you just kind of you're grateful for. And it, but I'm definitely trying to move. I'm always just a perpetual motion person. So I'm like, all right, what's the next thing? What's the next? What are, what's what's what are we doing? You know that kind of thing. Well, you're on the move a ton this year. I think you got what two tours, right? Your uh, your solo tour or with the group, and then later on this summer, you're without going out with Fits and the Tantrums. You're, I think, something like fifty days, something like that. Uh, quite yeah. a few, yeah. I mean, that's got to feel good after you know being a bit more stationary for a while. God willing. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I should knock they on Formica or whatever this is. <laughs> God willing. Yeah. I mean, we've we've uh, it's. You know, we haven't played much, you know, as far as touring goes. we I don't think we've done a, like, I do think at some point this year we did like a little 10-day run. Um, and that's the longest we've toured in two years. Um, wow. So this this is going to be, it's, I think we're all really excited. I mean, we're all really excited to finally, you know, it looks like, and and, and, and the good thing is it looks like things are slowing down, you know, and I think mm. we're, I think we're, it, Hopefully, um, but um, God knows that we all need it, <laughs> you know. So I, I'm optimistic uh, for the first time in probably a year and a half. I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> oh, I am too. I'm really hoping we're we're seeing the light at the uh, the end of the tunnel with this. I, I gotta say, I gotta shout out your amazing stage wear. <laughs> from from the suits to the James Brown capes, good lord, it looks so. You look so good. It's amazing. Well, um, thank you. Um, someone so else, jealous? Yeah, someone else designs all that, so it's certainly not me. Um, but I, I definitely am like, hey, I'm thinking this. What do you think? And they're like, okay, that's pretty crazy, but we'll uh, we'll make it happen. So oh, that's uh, so awesome. So far, it's worked out well. <laughs> oh man, Paul, thank you so much for your music and your time today. Can't wait to see you out there soon. God willing, I'm really thinking that it's, it's, it's going to work out. I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. We're getting there. We're, I'm, we're gonna, it's going to happen. Uh, you know, we're kind of like, if this March tour doesn't happen, I might start thinking about Uber Eats or something, maybe an Uber <laughs> driver or something, man. <laughs> singing telegrams or something. Sending, they still singing do those? telegrams, whatever yeah, I gotta do. We play it on the backyard and invite the neighbors over and then put money in a jar. Hey. It's, about, it's about where we're headed if that, that doesn't happen. Well, it's going to be a very full jar if it comes to that. I'll yeah, tell you that yeah, much. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy talking to you and your music is absolutely incredible and moves me so much. I just, well, I, thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.